Apple markets its app store as a place you can trust. But is it really? In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we'll talk about what the app store does right and what it gets oh so very wrong, and what we as customers need to do to get the most out of it. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Robin Loyola with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Apple's App Store, it's a great resource for finding helpful software. But more and more, something pops up that reveals Apple's flaws with that store, particular storefront. And the most recent incident involves Wordle, the one-a-day word game that is trending on the web. It was designed as a website. He made this game basically for fun. There's no monetization whatsoever. It's no ads, no subscription, no app. It's just, it's just a fun, very pure game on the mm-hmm. net, which of course means that people are going to try to exploit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty immediately a bunch, as soon as it started to get real popular, um, real quick, a bunch of uh, unscrupulous app developers made apps called wordle or wordle one a day game or you know the wordle game or whatever and threw them in the app store and they're they're not just ripping off the name everything about it's the same it's the same game uh mechanics the same interface and colors like the whole thing was the same and some of these have been they all have they're all free with some in-app purchase to unlock the full game and some of them are like heavy subscriptions, you know, 10 bucks a month, 10 bucks a week. One of them was like 10 bucks a week or something. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Social media kind of erupted in response to these copycat games. People were angry at these copycats taking advantage of... uh... They were, and mostly they were angry because they they copied it part and parcel. Like, there are ways to be inspired by something and not completely and totally uh, and slavishly just rip it off. Word, name and everything. They, they weren't trying to say, oh, wow, I love this game. Let me do something unique. They were saying, this is a popular game. There's no app in the app store. I'm going to completely and totally take advantage of that. And these copycats appeared in the app store. And after maybe a day, maybe less than a day, they were eventually taken down by Apple, which... It's nice Apple that Apple took them down, but also they probably shouldn't have been there in the first place because Apple's supposed to have this review process. Yeah, I mean, like I understand one getting through, maybe two, but when you start seeing in a day ten plus games with the same name and the same concept, something should trigger amongst one of these people that are reviewing and saying, "Hey, maybe we should check out what's going on," even if you're oblivious to the sensation the pop culture sensation of Wordle on the web, maybe you should have looked, someone should have looked into that before it became a flashpoint. Uh, Apple has uh, a guideline about this uh, in their um, their App Store review guidelines. Um, where is it? Section 4.1 is literally called copycats. And it reads, come up with your own ideas. We know you have them, so make yours come to life. Don't simply copy the latest popular app on the App Store or make some minor changes to another app's name or UI and pass it off as your own. In addition to risking an intellectual property infringement claim, it makes the App Store harder to navigate and just isn't fair to your fellow developers. 
Yeah. That, <laughs> that is laughable. Like right, a little bit. Yeah. We like, just laughed. Yeah. <laughs> we just laughed. <laughs> it's hard not to laugh when you hear that because right. Wordle is just one recent example. Like we all remember Flappy Bird getting copied. Like not that there were later games that were very inspired by it, but there were some immediate Flappy Bird copies. Um some called like Flippy Bird and stuff like that, like just ridiculous stuff. Um, we're just essentially from people who just thought like I can I can trick people into who are looking for that into getting this and make more money, right? Um, and so I wrote a column about this recently, just to point out how this goes on continuously. Um, pointing out like Samsung's smart things, which is their ecosystem for smart home stuff, right? They have a smart things app. It's used to control their smart TVs. That's probably the most popular way, but also other Samsung smart stuff like washers and refrigerators and stuff. There's a whole line of stuff that works through that. It's, it's kind of built on top of another uh, um, protocol and everything. But if you look for smart things, First of all, Apple happily sold a not smart Samsung SmartThings app, the ad spot for SmartThings. So it's the first thing you see is an ad for some other app that is not SmartThings. And then there's four or five other things named SmartThings or named something like SmartThings TV app for TV control or something like that that are made by these other companies. And they're clearly, they, they can't be complete copies of Samsung's app because they can't control the whole protocol and stuff. So they're just things like are they're just the, the simple like um, TV remote apps or something. A lot of them don't work. A lot of them have subscription. They're, they're free, but they have subscriptions, you know, to, to work and stuff like that. And they're very clearly just trying to trick people looking for the Samsung smart things app into downloading the wrong thing and then having to subscribe to use it. And it's obvious, and this is not a little fly-by-night company or a little tiny indie game. This is Samsung, like the world's biggest consumer electronics manufacturer, and their whole smart home platform. If they don't have a hope of not having people run ads for apps that are clearly not the thing you're looking for, but are trying to look like it, and if they don't have a hope for like getting rid of apps that are infringing on trademarked and copyrighted out the... Yeah, <laughs> thing then what hope does anyone have i mean you started off that 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 little rant with the ad which is that's it's not just smart things you can search for basically anything and unless that developer has bought the ad from apple someone else has and it pops up it's the first thing you see depending on what phone you're using it might be the only thing you see depending on you know how big your screen is and you automatically just say okay it must be this and you and you click it and it's I don't know what kind of review process Apple has for its ads, but it's not very good. And they don't seem to care what they sell to who, as long as they're selling something. Correct. And that's a serious problem. Uh, when Apple talks about trust in the app store, it, it's both right and just like laughably wrong, right? Because they get to define what trust means. But first of all, it's impossible to really say you have trust when you're the only game in town. There's a billion 
people with iPhones and literally everyone has to get every app from the app store. And if that's the case, then how can you say like, I don't trust it. it you have to trust it. it. You don't have any other option. You can't point at something else and say, I trust this more, you know? Uh, and second, they can define trust as like, well, you don't get viruses. That's true. They do a really good job of it's very, it's very rare that some malware sneaks by or something. Uh, and they do a good job of enforcing, they have a set of policies around that are required to get apps signed. Uh, and they do a good job of sort of enforcing all of those policies around things like privacy and security. Um, and they keep changing and updating those policies and stuff, but they do a good job of doing that in the app store, but they don't do anything about trusting like, well, is this a ripoff? Is this a scam? Is this even the app I'm looking for? Like, so no, you can't, you can trust it in certain ways that I think Apple would define as trust, but you can't trust it in other ways at all. And, you know, like you can say, there's an, there's an app store on the Mac as well, but you can also download anything you want outside of that app store. And that's why the Mac app store doesn't get this kind of outsized attention that the iPhone app store gets because you you have options. Yeah, including other app stores. Yeah, like including Steam other app stores. Stuff like yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. There's things out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's it, and if they were going to make a claim about the trust of the Mac app store, it there, there's some more validity when you can say like, well, yeah, compared to what? Well, you have comparisons. There's no compared to what on iOS and. So yeah, uh, it's long past time for Apple to clean this up. I think they took a huge step backward when they allowed search, uh, search ads. You know, ads when you when people go through categories and want you know an ad placement and they make the ad look obvious like in a colored block. That's one thing. But uh, ads in search in the App Store, I'm sure it's very lucrative, <laughs> but it's a, it's a real. That's a just rife for abuse. There's no keeping up with it. There's too many things to search for. There's just not, it's not possible. Um, I think they need to go back on that. It's can't possibly be worth whatever amount of money a Apple gets. It's only been a few years, five or so, I want to say, since they started doing the ads and, you know, people kind of freaked out about them at first. And now like everything else, it's just kind of become, oh, that's just part, you have of, no other part of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Once you have no other option, you just, you, you just get resigned to it. To me, the ad, the whole ads thing contradicts this uh, point that Apple likes to market that 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 the app store is curated by experts. Mm -hmm. Right. It, to me, it, it contradicts that. And then Apple also likes to talk about how there are two million apps in the app store, and I think. That's too many apps in the app store. <laughs> yeah, Where's the curation happening? Yeah. Yeah. There's no curation happening if there's that many apps. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, if uh, how many apps would there be if you got rid of all of the the copycats and scams and stuff that were that are not actually usable, useful apps? You know, it's fine to have competing apps for the same general idea that are different, legit competing apps. But um, there's a lot going on that isn't that. Um so yeah, that that's the huge that's one huge area problem. The other thing, and this is something that they really could and should clean up, is the fake reviews. Fake reviews are everywhere. There's an entire industry around it. 
Apple is supposedly doesn't allow it, but it's it's, it's obvious on its face that they, it's it's there, and they're not even hard to spot. Like you'll just you'll see trash apps that are scams with hundreds of reviews, and they're they're all like a whole bunch of five star reviews and a smaller number of one star reviews, and the one star reviews all say this is a scam, this is fake, this doesn't work. It's whatever. And then the five-star reviews all have like very similar names. They have copy-paste review copy with like parts parts replaced in it and stuff. And if you look at those, um, the names for those app reviews, you'll find that they review a whole bunch of other apps. Like nobody, do you know anybody who reviews 20 apps a week? Like, like it just doesn't happen. It's especially on a new account, right? It's just... It, this stuff seems like so easy to algorithmically filter out. Like it would be so easy just to say like, look at look at the age of an account, look at how many they post, look at the ratings of the things they post. Do they, does this person post five reviews a day and they're all five stars? Like that should be a huge flag that should pop up and somebody should go be go looking at this stuff. So yeah. Uh, that making sure that people use apps for a certain amount of time before they review them. There's a million ways they could tackle fake reviews. And it, it just feels like Apple's not doing anything because they're everywhere. Yeah. And it's not just Apple. I mean, the play store has them. Amazon struggles yeah. with them constantly. I mean, it's a, it's yeah. an internet thing, but Apple at I mean, Amazon at least has gone so far as to mark. These are reviews from people who purchased this uh, themselves. And then they, then now there's this whole thing about like companies give you money to purchase it yourself to give them a fake review and then they get caught doing that and they get banned from the store and stuff you know and amazon has tossed out pretty big name companies for for taking advantage of the review policy so they're they're taking some action yeah it's it's the, the fake reviews are endemic but they're it's easy to see amazon's doing something it's hard to see apple's doing anything because it's you could just if I, a regular human being, can hop on and in two hours before I write a column, find dozens of fake reviews, several fake apps for huge trademark brand names and stuff like that, then how could they be doing anything about it? <laughs> because they have all the money in the world. They could just hire like several dozen people to do nothing but find this stuff every day. And they would just be finding thousands and thousands of these things. As people who are invested in this stuff... You know, we know what to look for. We know what to avoid. There's a lot of people out there who use iPhones that don't. Oh, they have no clue. I mean, that's the reason why these things exist. It's because they're taking advantage of people. They're, they're scamming people. Yeah, because it works. Yeah. Yeah. The fake reviews thing would solve a lot of other problems. Um, the apps that don't work well or don't do much or whatever and are free but then have a, a subscription that you need to do that's hard to unsubscribe from and all that like those only survive on the fact that they have like a 4.7 star rating because they're loaded with fake reviews as soon as the fake reviews go away their rating tanks all the top reviews when you click on the app say this is fake this is a scam this is a ridiculous subscription fee whatever and they all fail so the top, for me, the top thing they could do to clean up the app store would be to deal with fake reviews because that is the foundation upon which all these scams reside. 
We'll get back to the discussion in a moment, but first, this episode of the Macworld Podcast is brought to you by the Macworld Twitter feed. Looking for a way to keep up with the latest news, tips, and reviews from Macworld? Follow us on Twitter. You can find us at Macworld, and you'll get quick news blasts, links to Macworld content, and more. Follow us today. And now, back to the show. You know, what are what are some of the things that people can do to make sure they're getting a good deal on the App Store? The first thing that I do always when I'm searching for something, I look at that first result. And if it says sponsored or added, I forget what, it, what the word there is. I just go right past it. Yeah, it has a, it has a, it's in a it's, colored it's box labeled. now. Yeah, it's in a shaded see. box and it's labeled. So just ignore the ad result, the ads in search results all the time. Um, no matter what it is, even if it is the thing you're looking for, just gotta get past, scroll past that ad. It's in like a little, like, like a light blue box and it's, mm-hmm. it, it says ad clearly there. But if you're just mindlessly clicking, you don't necessarily see that. Yeah, they look like every app listing they're just in a shaded box it's it's like a gray box if you're in dark mode or something the other thing is never hit the download button without going to the app to clicking to look on the app's listing scroll down where it says in-app purchases touch the in-app purchases and and look at what's listed there sometimes it lists more things than are currently active because they've changed their purchase prices and stuff like that but you're probably going to find that this this app that you thought was free and does something really basic wants like a monthly subscription <laughs> and then just don't even look at that and then never look at the app uh review overall score because that's just pumped up by thousands of fake reviews always click on the reviews read them and don't pay attention to apps that j- to reviews that just say like i love this app it saved me so much time it works so great and look at only pay attention to reviews that have like specific things that you just oh this is clearly a person who reused this app. It's just part of it's so bad. It's part of just doing business. Even legit companies just have to buy fake reviews because if you don't have at least like a four point six four point seven in, in the app store, you're just nothing. Like that's the range review range for the yeah, app store. Yeah, anything below four, forget it. <laughs> yeah even four and a half like if you're a major app and it's not at least four and a half like, yeah, when, yeah. yeah you've got nothing it, you shouldn't have to do this much work and nobody will the problem is nobody hears this nobody's going to do all you this. know I, we're guilty or i'm guilty of it too sometimes a lot of it is just mindless and you get caught clicking on an ad you get caught clicking on a, a, a the, the you know an app that's good that's going to try to charge you immediately and it's you know it's frustrating the copycat stuff so what kind of surface with this with with the wordle thing that's nearly impossible to offer much advice against unless you are really in tune with what's going on. Like, for example, my, my, my wife, when she re- heard about Wordle, she asked me, which of these apps should I download? And she was in the app store. Yeah, there's so many fake ones that you're going like, which of these is the real one? And the answer is none of them. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I said, it's not even an app. But she didn't know that. And most people don't know that because we're just so conditioned to go to the app store. And what, what was really funny is there was actually a Wordle app like a legit Wordle app that was created many years ago. That's just like a, a word game. And that, it's a totally different game. Yeah. And that guy's, uh, his downloads like blew up. He just actually just donated a bunch to charity because he had such a windfall. Yeah. He used to get one or two downloads a day and then it became like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's so hard to avoid copycats and, you know, sometimes the copycats become bigger or as big as the thing itself. I remember, uh, when threes was a popular game, 
this was many, probably 10 years ago, um, an app called 2048 came up that's basically the same game with some slight different things. And they use twos instead of threes and eights instead of nines. But it's basically the same thing. And that I think Apple awarded that like it's app of the year <laughs> that year, if I remember. Yeah. And uh, while I like threes better, I will give them like, okay, they he they ripped off the, the general mechanic. Yeah. Which is not a wholly original concept. But sure. Well, neither is Wordle concept. for that matter. Right. And but it at least had a different name, completely different graphics and UI. Like uh and and the reason it got way more popular than threes is threes was a paid download and twenty forty eight was uh, uh free. Um and uh, you know. So I can see how that doesn't fall under their like don't be a copycat thing, right? Because they didn't go threes, the the game, you know, the word game, like or whatever the number game, to spelling it differently and trying to cash in on threes. They they actually yeah, it was it was the concept. It's it's like making a trivia game and saying you're ripping off Jeopardy or something. Yeah, it, it, it's it's different. But they did they both popped up. At the same time, uh, twenty forty eight was clearly inspired by threes, and like you said, because it was free, that's the one that became the thing, the the popular the popular thing at the time. But with a different name and UI and all that other stuff, I'm not going to give them flack for. I'm you know I'll just say like, well, maybe the maker of threes like I would much rather just pay a small like three bucks once for for threes. But hey. Maybe clearly the thing for them to do is to make it free with an in-app purchase to unlock stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, if you're ever interested in those games, get threes. Threes is better. I haven't played it in so long, but I, I was I was hopelessly addicted to threes when it, when it, when it came out. Um, one thing that I do, and again, most people aren't going to do this, is I look to see who the developer is. Sure, you can do that. And I even, I even researched mm-hmm. them on the web first. And then I see what apps they've made and things like that. Mm-hmm. In the app store, you can actually, there is actually a button for the developer and you can see what other apps they offer. Yeah, it's like a link. Um, Watch out because a lot of these fake apps put a the, the developer of the genuine app in the name of their app. They'll have like smart things remote for Samsung smart TVs or something like that. It's not made by Samsung. This is the fake app, but you're looking at a two-line headline and it's going to look like Samsung and you're just, you know, you're not going to see that underneath that is a very small link of the developer that is just some guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I make the extra effort of looking them up on the web and seeing what products they've made and then trying to find the quote-unquote authentic, the real app. Mm-hmm. And finding that in the app store, and but that's more effort than a lot of people want Nobody's to do. Nobody's going to do that. You know, I would have, I would have said you can trust uh, reviews, but Apple has basically made it so that they they killed this, almost all the app review sites because they used to have a uh, a program where uh, an affiliate program where if you sent somebody to an app in the app store and they paid downloaded it or downloaded that app and got an app purchase, then, you know, you would get 3% of that or something like that. Just like the Amazon affiliates and everything else. And that was the way that all the sort of app review sites made money because nobody's going to pay to go to a site to read app reviews or anything like that. And nobody's going to tolerate a bunch of ads. They really made their money on the affiliate program and they killed the affiliate program several years ago. And all of the app review sites were just like, what are we going to do now? 
You can't, you certainly can't trust things like YouTube reviews and stuff like that. Cause those are all part of the fake review scam thing. Those are all paid. Like every single one of those like app reviewer, influencer people and stuff like that. They're, they're all getting kickbacks to, you know, talk glowingly about some app game or something like that. So yeah, app reviews are tough. It's a, it's a really hard place to, to be. It used to be reliable sites and you could just go there and say like, this is where you find real legit links to the legit things. So should we just stop shopping at the app store? Is that it? I mean, what, what, sure. But, but if, if you don't want any apps on your phone. Yeah, just use one of the other many app stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing that I, you wish regulators knew more about. This is one of those times when you say it's kind of a problem that everyone in our government's like 65 years old mm-hmm. and, and doesn't know. 65 is, is young, Jason. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a spring chicken. And and doesn't know a lot about this stuff and everything because you really they really need to understand this from more than just the economic are they causing economic harm with their monopoly sort of situation and look at things like well if you're the only game in town if you're in a billion pockets and you're this massive ecosystem that, that Apple constantly trumpets how massive this ecosystem is and how much money they pay out and all this other stuff what are you doing to keep people from being ripped off. They deal with that in other physical industries that sell physical goods and services. And it's just not even, it's completely the wild west and open season on everything. We're just trusting trillion dollar companies to have our best interests at heart. And they don't. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, Apple's argument for not allowing uh, third party app stores and payment services and all these is, you know, amongst other things that people are going to take advantage of other people. And it's like, yeah, but you know, you're kind of doing allowing that on yourself on your own right now. You might be able to make an argument about like, yeah, but are they going to scan for malware and stuff? And yeah, that for sure. You could you could very they could very easily say like, no, you have to submit your app to get signed, and then you can have it distributed through any app store. They could that's not a hard problem to solve. But that brings up an interesting next topic, which was. Um, was it the Netherlands just recently passed uh, Korea well, passed a law? Well, What's oh, that? there's there was two. There was South Korea uh, with the payment services, and the Netherlands was a different one. So the, yeah, the Netherlands just passed or theirs went into effect about this law, and it only applies to dating apps because it's a dating app that opened the suit where they have to accept alternate pay- payment options, and Apple is twisting itself into knots to find a way to have its cake and eat it too here They're just to make it like it's going to be a bad experience for you as a developer it's going to be a bad experience for consumers and we're still going to get our pound of flesh because they like made a whole new api that only applies to the netherlands and it only applies to the dating apps and it lets you open up and have a different like a open different payment and authorize and then get a token that says it's been paid for and all this stuff. Oh, it's just such a mess and they still take their 30 percent like like paying through someone else doesn't stop Apple from collecting its fee. I think it's I think the the payment processors fee comes out of Apple's cut. So like Stripe I think charges something like 2.6% plus 10 cents a transition or something like that and that comes out of Apple's 30%, but then, you know, they're still going to collect their 26-27% and you as the developer 
still only get your 70%, even if you use a different payment processor for your dating app in the Netherlands. And you're going to have to go through all these hoops to implement it with a different API and special coding and then like holding a token, oh, just like the whole thing, anything, anything to, to, to circle the wagons around the app store. I mean, this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the problems with the app store. There's so many problems and a lot of them are on the developer side. And the thing that's concerning is that nothing's really changing in terms of the app store on either side for the consumer or on the developer. I mean, because there's no incentive to do so. Yeah. Even when Apple loses uh, some, you know, court case or something like that, the judgment is so narrow. And then Apple does the absolute minimum to comply with the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law to where nothing in practice is really going to change for its billion users. Right. Uh, so yeah, without, without some much bigger and more sweeping regulation, um, that is (laughs) comprised by somebody who knows how this stuff works. Um, is Apple going to ever change it? They have no incentive to. If they're the only game in town, what are you going to do? Stop buying an iPhone because you're frustrated with all the fake apps and scams and stuff in the App Store? They know you're not going <laughs> to. So it's, it's like if Target was the only place to buy, I don't know, food. Like, you know, you, not, they're not going to update their policies because you can't go anywhere else. I mean, the App Store has its... It's you know it's it works. Yeah, it works. There's great apps. They do a really good job of kind of surfacing apps per day, per week that you might not have found. And you know it's a it's a it's a pleasant browsing experience. All that stuff is true, but there are inherent problems, deep seated problems that they just refuse to fix. Yeah, and it's it's basically up to us as consumers to do some things that we maybe put us out of convenience. Um, yeah. Just to make sure we're getting good deals and getting the right apps. Yeah, and just just staying safe. I mean, you know, when the, when the app store came out, it was just like like fart apps and beer beer drinking things. Like it was it was all very quaint. And now it's not. There's banking apps and there's crypto wallets and things. Like there are serious scams out there. Apple put a stop to yeah. that. Right. No, we know <laughs> more fart apps, but you can scam somebody <laughs> right out of like <laughs> remote control or something. <laughs> Yeah, and the subscription stuff became a real problem too. Ever since they started doing, how long has it been that they've had app subscriptions? Three or four years, I want to say. Maybe even a little. Yeah, maybe a little longer. longer five or as in-app purchases, you know. Five or seven years. You 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 for a long time they've they've had apps that required you to have a subscription and you would sign in, but the the actual subscriptions as in-app purchases thing that has been just completely weaponized by the scam app industry they used to they used to make you have to make some dumb big purchase but now it's so much better because they can make you make a small purchase that you think is a purchase but it's actually a subscription and then it's next to impossible to cancel it and they're just going to siphon five bucks a month off of you uh if you want to believe it february 15th 2011 uh apple launches subscriptions on the app store yeah wow It's, it's been a while yeah i mean that's another thing consumers need to look out for if if you know keep a close eye on the subscription rate because i mean there's some apps that are they're just blatant like 30 dollars a week and it's so easy to just keep paying those without even realizing that you get an email sometimes the email comes like a week after you've actually paid for it 
Like it's, you know, it's, it's not easy to, to keep, to keep track of. Yeah. Sometimes you can't uh, just cancel it. And that too, it's, it's, it's like, not always you easy. You have to yeah. contact support and they're going to yeah. ignore you. And then you're going to escalate to Apple and they're going to ignore you. And- Even the ones you can cancel. It's not so easy to cancel like actual subscriptions on the, on the app store. You got to know yeah. exactly where you're looking. So yeah, pay attention to what's a purchase. Yeah. One-time purchase versus a subscription. Some of these apps do not make it clear and you have to sit there and read the little card that pops up and mm-hmm. like, yep. you know, they're your, your, which is just your authorization. Only in there do you really start to see that like, oh, this is a subscription. Yeah. This is not just a five ninety nine or whatever. So this is five ninety nine a week. <laughs> well, if you're interested in reading Jason's column, we have a link on our website. You can find it on MacWorld.com. Which was which was tweeted out by um, uh, by uh, Epic Epic CEO. And now I, I, his his name just completely Tim Sweeney. Me. Tim Sweeney. Uh, yeah, which was which was fun for us. <laughs> we got we got some <laughs> yeah. we got some fun yeah. fun conversations that, that just pulled the whole yeah. Twitter thread down. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because anytime you write uh, an op-ed sort of column like this, you tend to get really polarizing views, sure. and a lot of people who just read the title and then uh, start commenting and stuff like that. And it's bad. And then, but this one, it was funny. You, we went to Reddit where it was a popular Reddit thread uh, about this column. And it's like literally the whole list is just people going like, yep. Yeah, it's there a was disaster a, lot of, a there. lot of agreement. In fact, we didn't get any real, like, oh my God, Jason's an idiot messages like we normally right. get for op eds. <laughs> like sure. everybody is like very much if, in agreement. Like, I, I am an idiot, but also <laughs> anytime. You write an op-ed, no matter how good it is, you get some right. of that mail. Yeah. And and it was um, surprising to get almost complete agreement from people just going like, yeah, fake the fake reviews are a problem. The scams are a problem. Yeah. The ads are a problem. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 776. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. And thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the Podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.